I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Elena. Hey, looky be. How's it going? Good, good. What are you up to? Well, uh, down here in Corvallis, it is an absolutely gorgeous day. So I decided I'd take my saw, my musical saw, outside and give the birds a little serenade on my porch. Really? This is how you're passing the time? Yeah, it's a service. My musical saw concert. Can I hear some? Oh, of course. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let me put the phone down. lady just walked by walking her dog and it's just like looking around like where is that sound coming from <laughs> uh well i don't want to distract you from confusing your neighbors but it is actually time to do the radio show oh oh right now okay yeah. um yeah great uh, i should probably go upstairs uh to my little sound recording closet okay um can you give me just one second yeah hey honey how's it going good sir. i'm gonna go upstairs and do the show Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Great Thank you. Wow, this is like backstage right before you go out. This is like very exciting to hear you walking through your house. Okay, I am all set. How does this sound? Sounding good. Uh, let's check with Molly, our technical director. Molly, are we recording? We are recording. All right, take it away, Elena. Okay, here we go. From PRX. It's LiveWire! Recorded from our actual homes, welcome to the LiveWire House Party. This week with writer and podcaster Nora McInerney, poet Saeed Jones, and music from Jeff Tweedy. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, live and direct from a small room just off his kitchen, the host of LiveWire, Luke Burbank! Oh, thank you so much, Elena Passarello. Yes, I have my little uh, sound device box <laughs> with me goodness. again, uh, just so I don't get too lonely here. Life is so strange right now. I feel like time is moving very fast and very slow, depending mm-hmm. on the particular day. Yeah, I was initially faced with the horror of how many hours I was going to be in the same place. And now I've sort of am horrified at how quickly the sun goes down. 
<laughs> yeah. There's still a lot to do for a lot of us. So mm-hmm. we're actually going to talk to Nora McInerney coming up. She's trying to do her normal job stuff while also take care of her kids who are at home. We're going to find out what the parenting experience is like. We're going to talk to Jeff Tweedy mm. from Wilco. And uh, and uh, also check in with Saeed Jones in a minute here. we got a great show in store for everybody. Uh, this is the Livewire House Party. Uh, we're doing the show from home. I'm in Bellingham, Washington. Elena, you are down there with your musical saw in Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> uh, and we asked the Livewire audience to answer a question for us this week. The question was, what's a little thing that's getting you through this time? And we're going to read some of those responses throughout the show. I was thinking about my answer to that question, Elena, uh-huh. uh, and it's kind of weird. There's just one thing that has been playing a way bigger role in my life the last couple of weeks than I would have expected. Um, it's this silly, like, kids' record player that I have in my basement. It's basically, like, inside a suitcase. Oh, yeah. That you open up, and there's a little turntable in there. Yeah. You're like a preteen girl in the 1950s listening to your Leslie Gore records or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I have this. This has just been sitting in my basement forever. I've never used it. I have all this um, high-tech, you know, wireless speakers in my house set up for the audiophile experience. But what I have been doing is going down to my basement and putting records on this record player and just sitting there <laughs> listening to them in the lowest of fidelity. By the way, some of the records are extremely warped too, oh, which doesn't no. help. Here's one of them that I have been listening to on repeat, which takes on a kind of a little bit of a a little bit of a wistful quality now. John Prine, Bruised Orange. Oh. I've been listening to this and of course John Prine sadly passed away this week, but but before that news came out, I was just listening to this record on repeat mm. on my crummy little record player and it was just bringing me such joy oh yeah i've been getting a lot of bittersweet joy from all the ways that people are remembering john prine like uh last night was a pink supermoon yes i saw that and somebody told me that the reason that it was so beautiful is because it was full of john prine songs tonight isn't that gorgeous my goal (laughs) is to get through this episode of the live wire house party without getting Overly emotional about John Prime, but I can't promise that I'm going to pull that off. Yeah. Um, what are the listeners telling you uh, are the little things that are getting them through this that they're surprised by? Here's a here's one from Nancy. Nancy uh, was surprised by her neighbors. One is a fitness instructor, so we are all having street workouts twice a week. Don't you love that? That's so great. I have. There are so many people in my neighborhood who are having these distanced hangouts. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know if these folks were particularly friendly or not before. I don't know what the deal was. But what I know now is as I'm walking the dog and then the other day I was walking the dog down this street in my neighborhood and people were out in lawn chairs, you know, in their respective driveways. Uh-huh. And then they just said, dog show. And they all started clapping for me and the dog because we were walking down the middle of the street. It was like impromptu, like Westminster. You didn't even have to use your little applause No, I was getting IRL attention from a safe distance. It was very exciting. What else are the listeners saying uh, are little things that are getting them through? Uh, Here's one from Lisa Walters that really resonates with me. All the incredible music that is streaming live 24-7. And I don't know if you've partaken in any of the streaming live concerts that artists are doing. There was one that happened that was like a telethon that I listened to that was, uh, they're not called Elvis impersonators. They're called Elvis tribute artists. Okay. And all of these Elvis tribute artists from around the globe would 
uh, do a live Facebook concert for an hour and then throw it to another uh, tribute artist and then throw it to another tribute artist. So Sunday was eight hours of world-class Elvis tribute artists. And yes, I watched it all. You made it all eight hours? I mean, I was doing other things, but... Elvis means a lot to a lot of people, and especially he means a lot to older people. So uh-huh. they were trying to reach out to some people that I think they consider to be pretty housebound. It was wonderful. That's great. You know what else, uh, Elaine, a lot of people are relying on to get them through these times are their pets. Uh. Um, and in fact, a lot of people who didn't even have pets when this quarantine started have been adopting them or fostering them during uh, self-isolation, including friend of the show, the writer and poet Saeed Jones, who Ooh. adopted a dog during the corona situation, um, has been tweeting out the most adorable pictures of this little dog, Caesar. Uh, so I thought we should invite him over to the house party to find out how it's going. Saeed Jones, <laughs> welcome to the Livewire house party. Hi, friends. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Where are you at right now? I am uh, in the closet again. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, In my apartment in Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) Let's talk about your dog that you just adopted. Yeah. He's named Caesar. His name's Caesar. Caesar Jones. He's he's keeping a close eye on me. Um, Uh He is half chihuahua, half weenie dog. Chewini, oh, a Chewini, He's very cute. Um, yeah, he's great. Four years old. Yeah, he's awesome. Did he come with the name Caesar? He did. Or... He did. Yeah. And I like I saw the picture, and he just has this just like the personality. Um, I just felt he immediately looked basically like a bit irritated and fed up. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, mood. I was like, I, you can't change, you know, someone named Caesar when you see that moment. And yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, when did the idea of adopting a dog first come to you? Um, I mean, I am, I'm very much a dog person. I grew up with a dog, but you know, living in New York, it didn't seem practical. And then I moved here. And so I think I've been thinking about it, Uh, but I was like, oh, I travel so much as a writer, you know? And then I think obviously just self-isolating, this is like week three or four for me. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to be here for a while. So this could be a good time to start that relationship. What is the process like adopting a pet during quarantine? Like, is there like a contactless drop off of the dog? <laughs> they like put him in my mailbox. No, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the main change was that they couldn't do a home visit. Um, and so I did like a little like MTV Cribs style tour of my apartment because you need to show them kind of where the dog will be living. You know, how are you thinking about your space? And I was like, oh, I'm ready for this. I, I remember this. I remember this. Um, so, yeah, that was the main change. Pretty easy. Is it having the emotional effect on you that you were hoping to, to now have a dog during quarantine? I- you know, he's only 14 pounds, so I don't want to put too much pressure on him. But um, a friend said, told me recently, she was like, dogs humble you, right? You know, they're like, they they don't care what's going on. They're like, I need to go out. I need food. You know, there's a thunderstorm at 2.30 in the morning last night, and he came and woke me up. He was like, you are absolutely going to comfort me. Um, so I love it. And I was like, sure, I have, I have nowhere to be in the morning, obviously. Um, so we went and sat on the couch. So it's been nice in that it is. it feels good to have this lovely, sweet creature that I can take care of, that I can focus mm-hmm. on his needs. Um, and then also something I didn't expect is that because he's so small, 
well. It's interesting as like my world has contracted, suddenly now I have him and the world seems big. Like my neighborhood feels like this. Every time we go for a walk, I'm like, it's a, an adventure. <laughs> you know? So I, I think now the fact that every day is new, we're learning about each other. Uh, it's been helpful. Yeah. I, you know, I I love your writing so much, Saeed, and I remember the dog that's in oh, your Kingsley. memoir, yeah. Kingsley. Kingsley, <laughs> I, I have to ask, I'm a writer too. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you as a writer right now? And of course, you don't have to answer. I know it can be sensitive. It is a mess. It's a mess. (laughs) Like, it's always a mess, right? Like, you know, we all know that behind the scenes, writing is always just kind of bubblegum holding things together. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm in, you know, I was in a phase where I was just like experimenting and exploring new potential. I wasn't deep in a new project. Mm -hmm. And then all of this comes along with coronavirus. And sure, it's hard to sit down at my desk and go, I'll just experiment today. Let's just like <laughs> give it a go. You know, the it's not just that we're home and bored. We're home and understandably worried about our loved ones elsewhere. So, right. yeah, at best I can read. That's kind of what I'm focusing on. Like, how much uh-huh. can I read today? Writing, I think I've had one, maybe two decent writing days since this has started. Saeed, let's just, uh, as we're wrapping this up, um, <laughs> what's the cutest thing that Caesar has done and what's the most annoying thing that Caesar has done so far? Oh, man. Um, well, so... Uh, He's part Chihuahua, part uh, Weenie Dog. Both breeds are burrowers. So oh. he has actually developed like a pretty complicated uh, system of tunnels. Um, <laughs> in your apartment? And, and in my bedroom, because I have a huge pile of clothes, and he's got like all kinds of routes. Um, so that's actually where he sleeps at night. Um, annoying... I think I, I, I worry more that I'm annoying him because he seems to be more more chill. You know, I'm just like, is everything okay? Yes. Is everything okay? And he's like, dude, I literally just want to like sit in your lap and I want you to pet me. Will you calm down? So I'm going to take the fault there. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations for people that are considering adopting a dog during this quarantine time? Um, I mean, consider it. Certainly talk to your friends who are already dog owners and have those conversations with them. And what's really important is you have to think about whenever this is over, what your life is like afterwards. So you have to have some semblance of a plan um, in terms of like what your normal routine would be. But yeah, I mean, I think at a minimum it's worth a conversation and you could look into fostering. That's only, you know, temporary. This will be completely lost on the radio listeners because they're just hearing our voices. But Saeed, we can see you on this video thing. Can you hold Caesar up to the oh, camera? Oh yeah, Caesar. We, okay, so we, here we like, go, if that's guy. not going to stress him out. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's like been waiting for this. Oh, oh my no! god! Come on! Look at his face. That, he's he licking loves, he Saeed's face. Lick. He is big on the oh. lick. Oh my God, Saeed! Congratulations on uh, adding to your family with Caesar, and uh, thanks for joining us here on the Live Wire House thanks, Party. Guys, stay safe, thanks, y'all. It's good to see you. All right, you, you too, man. Good Bye. to see you. Bye. If you are stuck at home, as most of us are, this is the perfect time to check out Saeed's amazing memoir, "How We Fight for Our Lives." Uh, we read a lot of books for this job, Elena, you and I, but I have to say that was one that's in like the top yeah. five I've read in years. And it's a great audiobook too. Um, he reads the <laughs> audiobook and he's great at it. And if you want to see Saeed and Caesar, his dog, you'll see a picture of them, you can uh, check out the Live Wire Radio Facebook page where we will have an adorable selfie of them. All right, this is the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank at my house, Elena Passarellos down in Corvallis. Uh, you out there in listener land or wherever you are, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we got to take a quick break, but we will be right back. So stay with us. 
Livewire is supported in part by Fully. Have you ever noticed how kind of not great you feel after you sit at work all day? Truth of the matter is your chair is probably part of the problem. Most chairs and desks, they restrict movement, which leaves your body kind of achy. Now we'd like to tell you about Fully, designer and collector of standing desks, chairs, and other workspace tools that encourage you to move so you will feel better at the end of your day. Uh, I use a Fully TikTok stool when I am recording these messages, and it has really changed my whole kind of physicality. After a long day, and I know it doesn't sound like a real job, maybe because it isn't, but after a long day of recording things at my home studio, sitting on a TikTok stool, I feel great. I don't feel like I've been ossifying for the last eight hours. I feel like I'm ready to go take on my evening. Uh, so I can't recommend fully highly enough. Get your body moving in your workspace like I've done. Go to fully.com slash livewire. That's F-U-L-L-Y dot com slash livewire. Fully, desks, chairs, and things to keep you moving. Welcome back to Livewire from PRX. I'm your host, Luke Burbank. This is episode three of the Livewire House Party. Elena Passarello is at her house in Corvallis. I wish you guys could see the shoulder shimmy that Elena is doing in a closet in her house. In a caftan. <laughs> well, this, I have to say, uh, you know, it's not as fun as getting to be on stage at the Alberta Rose Theater with you, Elena, Mm-mm. but it is at least giving me some amount of the experience of being next to you. Because you, weird dancing is a really, I think, a big part of the Passarello brand. That's true. It happens a lot, even when there's no one else around. <laughs> As we do each week on the show, we have asked the Livewire audience a question. This week we asked, what's an unexpected thing that is getting you through this? And I wanted to pose that question to you, Elena. What What's something that you wouldn't have expected to be playing as big of a role for you as it is? So I uh, can't go to the gym, and I've been trying so hard to be more physically fit, really, for the past like 12 years. But um, I definitely want to try to stay somewhat active here during confinement. Yeah. But you know what I've been doing? Finding on YouTube old celebrity workout videos from the 80s. Okay. Like the two that I love the most are Sweatin' to the Oldies, Richard, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. It is so fun still. And I feel like a total moron when I do it, but in the best possible way. And I try to get David to do it. And then the real one, you don't even have to do the workout. Just watch it like a film with popcorn is Debbie Reynolds. Do you know Debbie uh-huh. Reynolds? from Sing Sure, the, the unsinkable Ring. Molly Brown. That's right. Oh, well, well done. And uh, um, Carrie Fisher's mom. Uh-huh. She did, I guess as a response to Jane Fonda, a 1983 workout video called Doing It Debbie's Way. And she, <laughs> she's wearing like a choker and a leather belt. And she's got on, her hair is piled high. And there's all of these celebrities are doing the workout with her, like Dionne Warwick and Terry Garr. And then in the back in a black sweatsuit is Shelly freaking Winters. I have seen this, and Shelly Winters is not having it, right? No, she just heckles Debbie Reynolds. At one point, <laughs> At one point, she's the women are doing some kind of strange leg lift. Shelly Winters is like laying on her back, and she sits up and she goes, how many of the girls here have slept with Howard Hughes? <laughs> That's on YouTube right now. And she's wearing a black sweatshirt that says, I'm only doing this because Debbie told me to. <laughs> More of these workout videos and even just in real life exercise classes need to just have 
somebody there who's heckling it because it really takes the pressure off if you're one of the people participating in mm-hmm. like Body Pump or Zumba. Mm-hmm. If there was a Shelly Winters character just kind of tearing the whole thing down. Yeah, dude, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> what are the listeners saying uh, is an unexpected thing that's getting them through this, Elena? Here's a short and sweet one from Patty. The thing that's getting Patty through, butter. <laughs> I think that's getting a lot of us through, which is why we then have to go watch Shelley Winters heckling. Doing it Debbie's way. Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, what else uh, What else are you seeing from the Livewire listeners, Elena? Here's one from John. It's a little don't try this at home. Christmas okay. present woodworking projects. What? <laughs> so John is making presents for people, Christmas presents mm-hmm. already. God love it, people that are creative and artisanal and can make things. When someone makes you a gift, oh my God. like a piece of woodworking, it's meaningful, but even if you don't like it, you have to really pretend like you like it. Because yeah. A lot of work in it. Somebody gave me something <laughs> a couple of years ago that they made that I had no use for. I'm being vague on purpose because okay. they might hear this. Okay. And I just, I was like, oh, thank you so much. But it's like, if that person ever comes over, I have to get this thing out from the back (laughs) closet and put it in like a place of honor. Yeah. And I've done this like three times. We have a few of those things too, uh, where you're like, okay, time to get out the macrame, you know, version of (laughs) the Garden of Earthly Delights that's weirdly erotic for no reason (laughs) at all. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, you got the same thing I did? His cover's blown. Uh, Okay, well, let's get our next guest over to the party. Uh, One of the biggest dividing lines in terms of, I think, how we're experiencing this COVID thing is if you have young children at home or not. And Elena, we don't have young kids at home. But you know who does? Our friend Nora McInerney, who hosts the podcast Terrible Thanks for Asking, and also co-founded the nonprofit Still Kickin'. And you, how do you know she has kids? They're in the room right now. Hi, Nora. Welcome yeah. to the Livewire House Party. Is it obvious that I have children right now? <laughs> I, have, I have two little kids. Yeah. One is seven, one is three, and is um, he's folding my yoga mat like a burrito with himself inside it <laughs> right now. And then we have two older kids. I got to say, older kids are what you want in case of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You want you want kids who can wipe their own butts, who can feed themselves, who can watch who can watch a movie with you and and stay up past ten. Mm-hmm. They're great right now, I have to say. And also, so are these two, <laughs> the ones that are in the room with you. So there's yeah. four kids total under your roof still. Yep. Yeah. What's the age range? We have 18, so we have one legal adult, but he has not yet graduated high school, and now graduation is canceled, so what does it even matter? Oh. Bummer. Yeah. Which that honestly is kind is, of a bummer, though. Yeah. It is, and I think it's more of a bummer for us than it is for him, because he doesn't, uh, you know, he's like, well, it's not that important. I'm like, no, but it's for us, truly. Yeah. Like, like those those things are really more for your parents' mm-hmm. you know, yeah. sake than, than for yours, and... Uh, and we have an eighth grade girl, and this sucks for her big time. Mm. She wants to be. She was crying the other day, and she said, "I even miss my enemies." <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! Oh. You know it's bad when you're missing your your enemies and your haters. Yeah, if you if you. Mom, you turn the volume on on that. No, I only I can hear the volume on on this. So, Nora, who do you have in the room with you there? This is baby. Can okay. you say hi, baby? He's uh, like, we can already tell that he's, we can save some money on his college tuition. He's just going to go straight to the frat. And then this is Ralphie. (laughs) Hi, hi, Ralphie. Hey, Ralphie. Um, For you, Nora, 
How much are you and your husband trying to like talk to your younger kids about this stuff in a realistic way versus not stressing them out? Yeah, I think that uh, TBD, I think we're talking to them more about it as a choice that we're making for the good of other people mm. versus, and, and for your own health, but also like this is what we all have to do mm-hmm. to keep everybody safe versus we can't go out because it's too dangerous. But also, I mean, we probably I, – I, kids pick up on your anxiety. Kids yeah. pick up on, on your worries. And um, and I remember that as a kid. And yet, like, we'll sit down to dinner and we're always like, oh, what are your highs and lows? And I'm like, well, my lows are, you know, a lot of my friends are getting laid off. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this to our children? Or I'm like, you know, a lot of businesses are closing. I don't know that the world will ever be the same. Uh, I feel like I swallowed a brick. <laughs> and uh, other than that, I'd say pretty good day, pretty good day, pretty good day. Um, even as we've been having this conversation, your kids are in the background. And this is only one of many work things that you have during a given day. What is it like trying to work and parent from home under these conditions? Okay, understanding that I am extremely lucky because I don't have to go anywhere to do my work, and I never have. I, I it is also just extremely stressful because I feel like I'm not good at anything, um, nor can you get any sort of concentration towards anything. So the workday never begins and also never ends, and neither does your your parenting day and. Like modern parenting, you actually spend very little time with your children. <laughs> it's, um, you see, I, I'm used to seeing them in the morning, getting them off to school, having like a, a, a six to eight hour break, then coming home, having dinner, doing some highs and lows, maybe watching an episode of The Simpsons, and then going to sleep for eight hours. And now we're together all the time, mm. which wow. is <laughs> like other people have done this for a long time. Like I, I yeah. truly have like a respect for stay at home parents that I did not before. And I'm married to one <laughs> and, uh, and I, it, ugh. it's just been, I guess like it's, it's, it's twice as grueling as having a job and being a parent. This is the live warehouse party. We are talking to Nora McInerney, host of the terrible. Thanks for asking podcast, author of many books um, about what it's like to try to parent young children and during this whole COVID thing, um, when this whole thing started, obviously it was scary for everybody. But did you have any like secret fantasies about, I don't know, just things that you would be able to get done or accomplish uh, or like get in great shape or, or read no. that book you've always wanted to read? No, no. And I think only because... Uh, my prior experience with isolation has been sickness and grief and uh, being with my husband who had uh, stage four brain cancer and then being uh, a widowed mom where I approached those things as if like that time could somehow be mastered and repurposed and productive. And I am, you honestly, you got to stop both of you. I asked you to be quiet when I, no, both of you stop. I don't want you. I don't want you to say he did it. You're both doing it. I asked both of you to stop. Okay, that's all I want. Yeah, I can. There you go. Now, can you stop doing that? Okay. Uh, okay. So I've I've since learned to not like worship at this altar of productivity and not to see every expanse of time as something that needs to be optimized. I'm actually very much into the, whatever the op- 
opposite of optimization is right now. So my my expectations for this time are really, really low. Um, and And in fact, I kind of think I've dialed back a little bit some of that sort of frenetic energy or I've focused it into different places. Still Kickin' is a small business. We specifically, we sell merch, which we can't ship right now, and we produce events that are supposed to help people have the tools to get through hard things. And every small business person you know, and even you, like right now, like you are business people too. You are entertainers. You have a show. Everybody's trying to figure out how do you pivot. And I had this conversation with a friend who was like, to pivot, and she's a very literal person, you need like a stable point to anchor you. So that you can move strategically. And that is very hard. It's very hard to feel like there's any kind of stability now. And uh, even though there are obviously people who are experiencing this in much more extreme ways than I personally am, like I do feel that. I feel that pressure. Like I feel the importance of the time that I have. But it's not – I I, I have no illusions about me – um, you know, writing a book in this period or or learning a language. I am more like, how can I keep things as good as possible in these different areas that used to have pretty cut and dry, like beginnings and ends, even for people who, you know, um, have like are entrepreneurs or creators or whatever, where your life and your work are, I mean, they're kind of the same. They They overlap a lot. Now, I mean... They're all blended together. I could not tell you what day it is right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a way, life has changed drastically. And in another way, all of the same stuff still applies uh, to a lot of people. Yes. In no way are you obligated to to, to make any, any lemonade out of this time. Like right. it, it is, it is fine. I feel like there's this frantic rush towards one assigning meaning or two, like making it okay or being like, how normal can we make this feel? When really, it's not normal. It shouldn't feel normal. It shouldn't feel comfortable. Right. Um. And and that is okay. Like it is okay for this to suck, for us to be suffering, and uh, and and to allow yourself like to feel some misery. <laughs> it just is like, why are we so like, oh my God, here's the upside of like, we are entering like the darkest timeline where, you know, people are are now like being like, oh my God, I got the cutest mask. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My wife set up a mask sewing station in our dining room and I was really concerned that uh, as to which fabric she was going to pick for my mask because there was a few options. And I got a nice gingham. It's very cute. I'm oh, happy with it. Nice. But yeah, that is a dark timeline to think that that's now something that some of us are getting excited about. The yeah. aesthetics yeah. of our yeah. non-medical mask that we wear once every two weeks when we go to the grocery store. Yeah. This is Livewire Radio. Uh, this is the Livewire House Party. We're doing the show from home. Uh, as uh, many of you are also, of course, working at home. We're talking to somebody who's been working from home for a long time and now is doing it with all of her children there, pretty much 247. Nora McInerney, host of the podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking, and uh, co-founder of Still Kickin'. Um, Nora, uh, one of the things that people know you for through your TED Talk and a lot of your writing is being somebody who has navigated a lot of grief in your own life, and you help a lot of other people through their grief. Um, Are people reaching out to you at a a sort of increased rate right now? Do you feel, feel like people are actually grieving What's happening with this COVID stuff? 
Yes and no. And I think there's been, I mean, uh, yes, people, uh, don't worry. My phone is ringing off the hook. I am. <laughs> the grief COVID's, hotline The grief hotlines are lighting up. Blowing up. We are, we are COVID ready here. Uh, this has always been a solitary and lonely endeavor. And so why should now be any different? <laughs> but in some ways, um, I think that there has been this open sort of expansion of the idea of grief, which has always been true, which is that grief is not just death, right? That that grief is not just about when somebody dies, that you can and do grieve a lot of different things throughout a lifetime. And there's been that expansiveness, but also still the people who have been in this kind of misery before, who have, you know, been suffering for a long time are like, but like, so like, welcome to the club, but like, we've been here. Could you just acknowledge that, that like, we've been here too? Like, yeah. and I do think that's really fair. And I also know that it is a very natural human thing to not just compare your experiences and compare your losses, but also compare what you, like the compassion that you received or didn't receive from different people. And that's not a particularly generous place to sit. It doesn't feel good to be sort of running the scoreboard of, you know, who got, uh, you know, more more empathy or more attention or more, well, we don't do hugs anymore uh, over <laughs> over their, their loss or their suffering. But I do understand that impulse for people who, um, who have lost people, it, like through this pandemic or who have truly been displaced and suffered and uh and and that concern that like there won't be enough for them because mm-hmm. there hasn't been like there hasn't been enough like empathy to go around and that is why like people have experienced compassion and empathy on a on a sliding scale so i felt that level of complication from people and i've also felt myself like oh i've been here before a little bit mm-hmm. now what and everybody wants to flip to the end i always want to flip to the end okay sometimes if a book is too tense i just flip to the last page and read that so i can enjoy the story mm-hmm. everyone wants to know will this be over in august or july oh how about june can it be over mm-hmm. in june and then i can get through i can get yeah. through if i just have a deadline mm-hmm. and a lot of people people who have experienced death people who have already lost their health in various ways like They've they've felt this level of uncertainty before, mm. and it's almost like, oh, okay, hmm. like here we are again. I let myself get comfortable. Here we are again. One of the reasons that I really wanted to talk to you this week, Nora, is because you're having such a different experience than I'm having and Elena is having because we don't have little kids at home. Have you learned anything about parenting through this? Is there any uh, hard-won kind of epiphanies that you've had? Oh God! I mean, that sounds okay, like a, so. A no. As one of as one of four, which I know you come from a big family too, I always <laughs> felt like I was, you know, not uh, like I was never getting enough attention, and somehow that was a a problem that of it. It just pointed to my parents' ineptitude, obviously, that I was not like constantly the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And I've I had this realization yesterday, having a conversation with our middle schooler. I was like, listen. All parenting is, when you have more than one, is tending to the the most out of control fire. So if you're burning, you got to tell me <laughs> because mm-hmm. we can't tell. Like, we can't tell. And uh, and I, I think that I, 
I sort of let myself forget that when everything was running so smoothly. My husband has been a stay-at-home dad for about six months, which now I am sort of regretting financially, but here we are. Um, and uh, <laughs> and he's just been so on top of stuff and taking care of everything. And, um, and that is such important work, honestly. Holy crap. Like having yeah. somebody who can keep the wheels on so you can go do whatever you need to do. Um, and I'm also like, oh, yeah, kids don't need a whole lot. Like, they actually don't need all of the things that uh, are in their room, as evidenced by the uh, whole, I mean, that that garbage bags I filled with their, um, like, old McDonald's toys and stuffies, which I hope they did not hear. They don't need all the activities Are you whispering right now because they're in the other room? You don't want them to hear the toys of theirs that you have unilaterally (laughs) decided don't live at that house anymore? She's looking over her shoulder right now. (laughs) You are so stressed by this. I am, but I'm like, I I went on like a little bit of a rage clean the other day. And they don't need any of this stuff. They don't need any of these activities. Like they need like, they need a little bit of attention. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, like don't we all? Like we're all... This is so weird for all of us, and this is new for all of us. So it sounds like, Nora, the awareness that you've come to, and maybe you've had it for a long time, but what you kind of would like to share with the parents of America who are hearing this is don't put too much pressure on yourself. Oh, my God. And also, this sucks, and it's okay for your kids to not have a blast right now. I keep thinking about how my grandma used to show us photos of herself. She was a teenager in the Depression. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, you're so cute. And she was like, oh, yeah, we were just thin because we had no food. And <laughs> like, she was like, wasn't I? She was like, it was. It actually, it wasn't. It wasn't a good look in real life. And she doesn't, she wasn't looking back fondly on this time in her life. Like, oh, my God, but it was magical. And we all split one bean for dinner and we loved it. It was a crappy time in her life. And it, I, I think that is okay. There's all this pressure to try to dress this up as like a semi-normal time when really this is a remarkable time. And maybe you should just let that sink in before you you try to um, make it special. <laughs> like make yeah. it the, the best version sure. of what it can be. It's going to be memorable enough all on its own. <laughs> Uh, Nora McInerney, thank you so much for stopping by the Livewire House Party and letting us into your home, which it seems um, like a really lively place. Thanks for having me, everyone. That is Nora McInerney. Her podcast is terrible. Thanks for asking, which is a misleading title because the podcast is amazing. Uh, and she's also got a great TED Talk that you can Google. And she's part of Still Kicking as well. You're listening to the Livewire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank, here with Elena Passarello. And we're calling these shows house parties uh, because we're at our actual homes. Uh, But when it comes to real house parties, Elena, like as in parties I have thrown at my house, there is no musician whose work has been in heavier rotation than our musical guest this week. Uh, In all, he's released 18 studio albums with Wilco and a number of other projects. He's got a memoir out. Uh, he's basically just one of my favorite singers on planet Earth. Uh, he's Jeff Tweedy. Jeff, welcome to the Livewire House Party. Thank you for having me remotely. <laughs> yeah, I, I have been a fan of your music for many, many years and have always really dreamed of getting you onto a radio show. Uh, to interview you, it's sad it took a pandemic for it to happen, but <laughs> I will consider that a silver lining. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think I like to think that I would 
I would have done this if it wasn't for the pandemic. So um, it's just a coincidence, I think. <laughs> well, you've been doing this um, like Instagram uh, show with your family that I have been watching, and it is fascinating, but not even for the reasons <laughs> I was expecting. Like I thought it was going to be a concert, but it's just like a fly on the wall in the Tweety family dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why we're doing it, I just, but... Uh, <laughs> But it's uh, oddly comforting to us, and it seems to have that same effect on other people somehow. I didn't want it to be like a like a substitute for a concert or that kind of connection. Um, my my feeling is is that everything is so disorienting that being reminded that there is like some normalcy, some shared reality, is maybe helpful to confront the disorienting parts of what's happening. Um, you guys, you tour so much with Wilco in particular. Um, uh, then this is a thing where you obviously can't go anywhere. Is it a, a little bit of a relief to get to be home? Or are you kind of going stir crazy? Um, no, I, 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 I like being home. I like being on the road, but, um, one thing, and I think I've I've seen a lot of people say this. Maybe it's like introverts are are made for this moment in time, and um, I still have a lot of anxiety and a lot of you know uh, you know moments of panic and everything. But for the most part, my days aren't very different from what they are normally. Uh, I spend a lot of time in the basement working on music and reading and things like that, and I spend a lot of time at the studio. And I have a very, very small core isolation pod without a pandemic. So, <laughs> right. And then also, I know that you you make music with your kids. We're actually going to hear a song. Mm -hmm. What's that like collaborating with them? And does that like does the parental child dynamic come into play? Um. Well, it's just sort of. I I think it's uh, just a normal activity, like playing catch or something for. For uh, for us, and uh, it was really the first when I when I we we were out on the road and and the tour started to fall apart and started getting more and more cancellations and we were we were preparing to kind of lop off the last half of the tour and come home and then um, then all of a sudden like overnight almost everything got canceled so uh, I got home and and almost I think. I think it was the first day I was home, we started recording a record <laughs> and thinking about making music, you know, in, a, uh, in, in, a, in that context. Uh, like it was something to do to take our mind off of everything. Is it because you've made so many records and collaborated in so many different ways over the past couple of decades? Do you think it's, it's just sort of you have an impenetrable ability to work? Like come hell or high water, you can get in the chair and make it happen? I, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's for me it's been a coping mechanism for as long as I can remember uh, for periods where I didn't feel very good uh, period where my wife was going through cancer treatment uh, periods where I was a drug addict and and un, untreated for depression and and anxiety and things like that so it's always been a conflict free zone for me mm. to be. Um, able to do, sort of disappear in other people's music and other people's art and and for myself personally being able to do it um, is uh, kind of the canary in the coal mine for 
or uh, if I'm able to do that, then I feel like there is some constant that is, you know, still, Mm -hmm. still manageable. And it's, you know, it's definitely been challenging and it's hard not to write about this particular moment. I don't know how, I don't know how things will translate outside of this, this, this period we're in, this, this uh, indefinite purgatory that we're all in you know (laughs) and and maybe maybe things will be i don't i'm trying not to reference things directly that much with like lyrics i'm writing and things like that but i don't know we'll see plus like nothing rhymes with covid19 right oh everything (laughs) rhymes with covid19 pandemic (laughs) my my spleen uh (laughs) the teen beats i don't know You are listening to the Livewire House Party, episode three, and we're chatting with Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. Uh, We have to take a very quick break, but we will be right back, so don't go anywhere. Special thanks this episode to Amanda Bird of Seattle, Washington, and Monica Ellenboss of Green Cove Springs, Florida. Amanda and Monica are part of the Livewire member community and generously support our show with a donation each month. And we are very thankful for that support because it's genuinely how we were able to do the show. So a huge thanks this week to Amanda and Monica. Welcome back to the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello and Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. I've always felt, Jeff, like... uh, being a huge fan of your work and a huge fan of John Prine's work, I always thought of you guys as kind of kindred spirits. Um, uh, how are you? How are you doing uh, this week with the news that he's passed away? Oh, uh, well, that's first of all, that's very, very flattering. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> um, last night was really rough. Um, we were about four or five minutes away from going on um, our live Instagram thing. And the news came across that uh, he had passed away, and we were all crying. And thought of doing the song "Please Don't Bury Me," and we printed out the lyrics. And I, I had time to run through a little bit of it before we started broadcasting. And even those funny lyrics were making me cry, you know. So when we finally got it together, it was. A little ramshackle, and uh, but um, I kind of, I kind of have a feeling that that would have been appropriate to him. <laughs> that there would have been a little uh, looseness around the edges, and a, maybe a little bit more celebratory nature than just uh, just tears in your beer. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons I think we loved him so much. I loved him so much because there was. Um, there was a uh, sadness in his joy and joy in his sadness and and uh um that's the way the world is so um i definitely look at him as a musical father uh a uh, one of the songwriters that i i i think that would be hard to imagine me being who i am without his his uh his existence and um, going forward, I'm just grateful that we have so much of him to continue to share and, you know, and to console ourselves with. He gave us a lot. It was, uh, it was a, I think, a tough night for a lot of people. But then, like you said, 
then you just go put on a John Prine record, and then you're crying, but you're kind of happy. Well, which he is a weird thing. He anticipated it quite a quite a few times. You know, when I get to heaven, um, mm-hmm. you know, please don't bury me. Uh, a lot of his songs have a have an element of uh, projection, reflection on on uh, the inevitability of it all. Yeah. Uh, you're going to play a song for us, I understand. You you and your sons, right? What are we going to hear? Uh, we're going to hear one of the songs that we worked on in the last few weeks. And uh, I think it was like the second or third song uh, that we recorded when the uh, shelter-in-place order came down. Okay, what's it called? It's called Save It For Me. All right, well, let's take a listen. Save it for me When the world falls apart I can say with certainty There's a reason A light left on in an empty room Is how love can be A rainbow clouds, darkened days, who needs you now? A rainbow in a mouth of clouds, darkened days, who needs me now? certainty There's a reason There's a pie left out that you can't consume So sweet you cannot eat
Jeff Tweedy and family right here on Livewire Radio, the Livewire House Party. Hey, uh, thank you so much, you guys. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Stay safe. You too. Yeah, you too. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. That is Jeff Tweedy right here on the Livewire House Party. Uh, life goal checked off <laughs> for old burbs getting to actually old burbs. talk to Jeff. Yeah, that was a biggie for me. All right, that is going to do it for our show this week. Thank you, everybody, for coming on over to the Live Wire house party. I am Luke Burbank. That's Elena Passarello over there. A huge thanks to all of our guests, Nora McInerney, Saeed Jones, and, of course, Jeff Tweedy. Live Wire is brought to you in part by Foley, Alaska Airlines, and the Jupiter Hotel. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko, and Ariana Donneville is our marketing associate. Caitlin Kunkel is our writer, and Molly Pettit, our technical director, is our house party mixer. As always, woohoo, woo-hoo Molly! As always, a big thanks to Carlson Audio. Oh, and two more people that we have to thank this week Mark Greenberg and Tom Schick for recording Jeff Tweedy and his sons at the Wilco Loft in Chicago. Additional funding provided by the James F and Marion L. Miller Foundation. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. Our show is made possible by the generous support of our members this week. We'd like to thank members Carol, Gabrielli, and Vicki Reitenauer of Portland, Oregon. For more information about the show or how you can listen to our podcast or sign up for our newsletter, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week for another Live Wire House Party. PRX. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Live Wire delivered? right to your heart and ears each week. Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you.